Welcome everybody this evening another episode of Sports Sushi. Sports Sushi is brought to you by Gratwick Enterprises at Gratwick where they're building an audience and artist-owned studios where transparency and accountability is a part of the entertainment experience. Join the Gratwick Discord community today. It's only possible if you listen to us. This is Sports Sushi Man. It's your boy, DJ Slow Boogie. I'm with my two guys here, my boy Russ and my boy Sterling. Today, we got a nice, uh, good show lined up for you. We're going to touch on all things NBA, a little bit of March Madness. We're going to touch on a little bit of uh, mental health issues and how that ties into heckling. And we're going to wrap it up with a lot of football talk. NFL has been very active these past two days, to be completely honest. In your face, boom! Yeah, all right. Get excited. <laughs> no, you good, man. It's a it's a lot of activity, man. But we're gonna get right into these NBA power rankings real quick. So we're gonna go ahead, and I'm gonna defer to my boy Russ and uh, Sterling, and uh, you go take it from here. Right on. So we can go ahead and get jumping off with the power rankings, y'all. Just want to start off with the from top to bottom, bottom to top. Sterling, I'll leave leave it up to you where you where you want to start from. Bottom to top. Bottom. Yeah, let's go from the bottom and work our way up. Because no, nobody wants to know about who, who's best first and then go all the way to the bottom. No, nah, just checking, you know, different strokes for different folks. Different folks. You, you know what I'm talking brother. about? Hey, my brother. <laughs> all right, let me see what we got here. Let's go down to the bottom. At the very bottom is a team. You got to think I said chip with this one quickie. But it's a team near and dear to your heart. It's the Houston Rockets. As we go through the season, I have one thing to say about the Rockets. No matter their record, they have the young pieces that they want moving forward, and I see good things in their future. Positive outlook. Let me just say something in touch. I, I, I like the young guns that that we have on our team. Now, I'm probably butchered his name, but that was Al- Alperine. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm in the ballpark of his name, but I like his game, man. He a big man. He got like a little bit of fancy footwork. He always finishes at the basket. And then you got KPJ, motherfucker, and, and Jalen Green. These little motherfuckers, they jumping out the gym. The only thing that I'm worried about as a Houston fan is if they're going to be doing Houston Rockets shit. Whereas players get good, then they'd be like, all right, you know what? Uh, let's go ahead and get rid of him and see what we can get for him. We did it with, uh, with Rudy Gay was a Rocket for maybe all of 20 minutes before we traded him. That's my thing that I'm, I, I kind of want to see, see more of them. So we have a good, we got a bright future, man. I like it. Shit going to suck before it get better. And as a longtime Saints fan, we, we know that firsthand here. I like what I see. I like what I see in Kevin Porter. I, I, like, I really like what I see in Jalen Green. He just needs to get his weight up. Not like in a joking manner, like literally, you know, how it is in the NBA. It's, it's harder because uh, people are bigger. When you play against bigger guys, it's harder to just jump and dunk on them. So that... Uh, along with the fact, like Christian Wood, too. I know that a lot of people I've talked to saying they're thinking about letting him go other places, but I think that little core with the addition of one of these young studs coming out, Paolo, uh, would be pretty good to put on the court. Yeah, don't, and you know, Josh Christopher, man, that's one pick. He's like the wild card piece, in my opinion. If they could develop him into a starter, that would be ideal, man. Josh Christopher is one of those guys that's extremely athletic. He just needs to work on his shot, creating a shot consistently. But Jalen Green, I didn't expect Jalen Green to be this nice. That dude, he's playing some good ball right now. They're 17 to 51, but they're going to get better for sure. Yeah, I think I was going to say, I think I I was on the opposite end of that, Sterling, just not to be like, I was on the opposite end of Jalen Green. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, seeing the Ignite and seeing him and Jonathan Kuminga, it's okay. It works. They played against grown men. You can tell. You can tell they had a year of doing that. But 
This isn't a Houston Rockets podcast, but go ahead, Boogie. I'll let you get the last word on them. All I can do is just enjoy what they put on the court and just hope for some entertaining basketball and they keep the core in check. And that's all I can hope for as a fan. But uh, moving on, we have uh, at 29, the OKC Thunder. Now, I don't really have much to say about these guys. I don't really have much to say anybody except the goddamn Houston Rockets. And then if you want to go ahead and move up, I'll well, go Well, in that case, I do have one thing. They are the NBA's uh, farm league system. Next team. Yeah. I can handle this one for you. Next one. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Move it up. We got our boys in uh, D-Town, the Mighty Mighty D, not Dallas, Texas, but uh, no, it's big not Dallas. <laughs> the big Detroit. <laughs> uh, we got the Detroit Pistons coming in in the power rankings at 28. K Cunningham. That's where they belong. Yeah. yeah. K Cunningham. Uh, making you can stop candidate. there. Yeah. You get to say K Cunningham. Yeah. Next Rookie team. Of the, uh, <laughs> candidate. All right. Moving on. Number 27, the Orlando Magic. Okay. Next team. Hold on. No, no there's hold no on. airtime. They, they do, because Franz Wagner is legit. That dude can hoop, man. That dude be putting the ball on the ground. I like his game a lot, man. He, y'all know I'm a Michigan fan, so he's one of the Michigan boys, but Franz be balling, man. He's going to be And they go trade him for a bag of peanuts. And they the next probably couple will. years to start they over. Probably Orlando will. does not know what they're doing. Next nope. team. Okay. <laughs> All right, so coming in at number 26 is a place that's uh, near and dear to my heart. I like to adopt it as a fourth home. The Portland uh, Trailblazers. Tanking, yeah. tanking, tank. They said, Anf- what is it, Anthony Simons for being good. <laughs> they told him, yeah, you need to sit down. You're trying to yeah, win too many games. So, yeah. yeah they, you don't know what we're trying to they, do. They, they said, one, two, three, Cancun before every game. Yeah. It's over for them. They're done. All right. Moving up to number 25. The Sacramento Kings, Sacktown. Nope, not going to do it. Not going to touch it. My mom told me if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything no, at will. all. So I'm not trash. Gonna... They're trash. Okay. trash. They suck. That is the worst. That is the worst run franchise I have seen in the past probably 20 years. That's since I was a freshman Over. in high school. They are the worst run franchise. None of their players want to play for them. They have no sense of direction of where they're going. I think they're one of their GMs still smokes cigarettes out the soft pack. Nothing in that place is good for human beings to thrive and grow. I'm sorry. Sacramento's trash. Cheeks. Booty. Mm-mm. Can't do it. Won't do it. Can't win with them. Don't want to. Can I go do it? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> okay. Moving up to the number 24 spot. We got the uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh, uh, and there ain't much to say about the patients, man. They, not, they, they're doing it for grandpa. They're doing it for yeah, my grandpa right. there and in Nappy, but not doing it very well. So, I, <laughs> so not much to say. If this was Hoosiers, then yeah, but nah, we we passed that a long time ago, man. Yeah, they, yeah. They, I I don't even like their logo. That is an off-putting thing for, for, with me about teams and stuff like that. You might have a good team, but if you got like a ass-ass logo, but I'll they, be, they do uh, have it. It does fit the city, though. Yeah, it's boring. Cheeks. I get it's it. Cheeks. Yeah, it's cheeks. cheeks. It's cheeks. It's cheeks. Yeah. I can imagine. I, I get it. Faces. <laughs> yeah, I feel it, though. Right. Boom, so, baby. Uh, I guess you got to have gone there a couple times. I'm biased. All right, next one. <laughs> All right, moving on up to number 23 spot. We got the D.C., the Washington Wizards. Shit, the only thing good I got to say about them is, uh, I think, uh, Bradley Bagal. She looked cute, but that's about it. Thank you. I want to thank the Washington Wizards with everything in my heart and soul. Thank you for Spencer Dinwiddie. I just want to say that was the greatest gift. It was past Christmas and y'all still gifted us him. So I have nothing but good things to say, but they're not going to win any game to do anything with Chris Strapp Porzingis because KP stands for can't play. 
But other than that, man, you know, thank you for giving us the next guy we need. We'll get more into that later on when we start talking about dark horses. Man, the, the Wizards, what, they got your boy from the Lakers? Can't even think of his name right now. See, when you have to start with your boy from, that I just know, lets right? you know the squad <laughs> right there. That just lets you know. Play. Oh, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, oh, Kyle Kuzma. man. There you go. Yeah, he's developing. That's, it's, uh, they still trash, but they need to trade Bradley Bill. Free that man, because they, they don't have any direction. Christoph Porzingis is a soft. Yeah, I, I, I made the mistake by drafting him in my fancy, and I'm paying dearly for it. I drafted him too high. So moving on up uh, to the 22 spot, uh, not really a surprise to most people, but a surprise to some. L.A. Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers, sitting at oh. the number two sp- 22 spot, the double deuce, uh, the big Michael Irvin. I told uh, y'all, I told y'all, uh, I told y'all last week. It's just old, they old, they old. If you was playing against the Lakers, you'd be mad if you lost against them because they old. I'm sorry, Ron, you hooping, but they old. It's not Look, good, Russell Westbrook, man. He just, bro, did you hear what you <laughs> said last week, bro? Yeah, he was no, talking he about he's still talking, man. Like, why is Russell talking? Like, when you play that bad, you have no room to talk about nobody. I, I feel like we should just ignore him and just let him go away. When you got people saying he's on our side, he's with us, when you're shooting, man, come on. Uh uh-uh. uh. I already said some things about him and got my piece. I, I don't want to hammer on Russ. We know what it is. We know what it is. He's done. He just don't want to quit yet. He's still making money. So just real quick, though, Russell's shooting 40.8% <laughs> and 8.7% from three. <laughs> 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 8.7. And they're all open shots. And they're all open shots. I'm sorry. It's just... There's not it's, much you can say about him right now. It's not looking good. It's not looking good for for for, for my boy uh, Russell Westbrook. Is and and I was gonna say and I want to be honest, just while we got our audience here and stuff. I don't want to spend time on these losers. Not saying we can't go to twenty one or twenty, but I'm just saying everybody talks about the Lakers all the time. Man, they lost. They lose and they done. Talk about them. Like we got other teams. We gonna get into like up 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 higher in the charts man right now the lakers is boo-boo and they deserve like every other boo-boo team we ain't gonna talk about i gotta be by the t-wolf i know they got some hoopers on the squad but still i gotta be by the t-wolf the lakers we're gonna move on up to the next trash team <laughs> That's a, the new york knicks uh aka the eternally can't get right franchise right. i don't know man i'm watching rj barrett have meltdown just blowing up on the sidelines and shit like that so I don't know what's going on. He's heading to West Coast trip. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but both. Of them. You need to call them the Lakers East. That's that's what it is. Or the Lakers might be the Knicks West. No, nah, the Knicks need to call themselves the New York Lefts. <laughs> RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, what they gonna do? They gonna go left. They gonna left. You can you can take a bunch of broken glass, light it on fire, and put rattlesnakes in it on the left side of the court. You know what would happen? Julius Randle will be have snake bites and be cut up and burnt <laughs> because he's still going to go left with that ball. So I, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, man, RJ's hooping a little bit, but as for the way their record's doing and what they did last year, no, the survey says. It's something else, man, that, that's going on over there with the, with the New York Knicks. But shit, things can always be worse. You could be the Lakers, man. Uh, moving, <laughs> up, moving up at the number 20 spot. You could be man. the Kings. Yeah, you could be, be the, the Kings. Kings. The Kings really make me oh. consider getting rid of teams. Like the Kings, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I said I was going to go. Just next team. Next team. 
Next team. All right, so moving up, we got the number 20 spot. We got the San Antonio Spurs. I love that they're not having a good season. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm a Mavs I mean, it's, fan. It's, it's, yeah. and, I, and I'll say this. As a Rockets fan, and I know the time that me and Russell spun out there in San Antonio. See, we really, yeah, we, you know, we, this, this is it. We're relishing in this. Shout out to Pop, though, because he yeah, did yeah, pass oh, Don Nelson. All Don time, Nelson uh, had the most wins. That's still crazy to me that it took this long for someone to pass Don Nelson. But anyway. Uh, yeah, Don Nelson had the most wins and popped past him. So that's actually was a good uh, I've always told people, I said, there's only three things that that's great that came out of the city of San Antonio, Texas. The first one being Shawn Michaels. The second one being <laughs> Tex-Mex Tacos. Yeah. <laughs> and the third one being Greg Popovich. Everything else about the Spurs right now, it just kind of... I'm up? sorry. We have to go apologize. Ahead. We have to apologize. I was about uh, to say, Murray, go ahead. Murray Hooper. And I, and oh. I want to say, I'm glad to see, because it was shaky. When he started, but right now he putting on. So Pop and Murray are two good things that we can say about the Spurs. There you go. It's not all negative here on the power rankings count up. All right. You got something you want to add to this one, Sterling? Or are you going to go ahead? And... I can't talk about the Spurs, man. It's like cheating on my Mavs. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> they, they, they don't exist to me. Man, yes. I, I'll tell you like this, I, we spun plenty of parades. In mm-hmm. San Antonio, me and Russell. Well, the Braves uh, alive, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Braves I mean, alive, Braves but. cool. It, it, gets, but, it, gets, it gets crazy. It, get, it gets wild. After, but the it's river just, walk, after the river walk, man, I'm done, bro. <laughs> I can't do it. Hey, you man, know it's even better, though? Man. It's even better than that? When you stand in a, in a local bar with a room full of Spurs fans and LeBron James go crazy, you turn around and look at him and go, yes! <laughs> How do you feel? Then you got to run out before they cut you. Yeah, that, yeah. That, <laughs> that, that Miami championship was special. It was very special. The city was stunned. It was, they were heartbroken. It was, they, they were simply heartbroken. I, I loved every and relished every minute of it. We could do a whole episode on that one. But let's oh, yeah. next team. We'll yeah. hit him with that. So we're going to go up one more spot uh, to number 19. We got the New Orleans Pelicans. Man, look. I like Zion, Brandon Ingram. We do got to talk about how good CJ McCullum is playing. I think that I, I know a couple people, but man, in circles that I run in, there was only a couple of us saying that this dude, like, I, I think that. The Philadelphia 76ers would be better off if they had C.J. McCollum over James Harden right now because C.J. McCollum got that dog. He sat in a, in a chair and said, I want to play with Brandon Ingram. Zion got to get off of, almost, almost fat shamed him. I'm not going to do that. Zion got to handle what he need to handle with his weight and everything. But I think that the Pelicans, with the trade for C.J. McCollum, they actually look like a functioning basketball team right now. Like, Zion need to make a decision. Either you going to tell him he want to go or get your ass out there who? Shit, nigga, you got to get up off of uh, Cafe Dumont, nigga, and get, uh, get that gym, dog, and start hooping. Uh, hey, no excuse for Zion. Ain't no excuse man, for Zion, bro. I got one excuse. I got one right for you. Beignets, nigga. Right. <laughs> Beignets every day. They yeah, pay we... you to work out. They will pick you up to go work mm. out. No, no, sister, All you got to do is that... show up, bro. We need Sterling, more legs. You got that wrong. See, yeah, we need more finger rolls <laughs> and less Cajun rolls, nigga. That's, that's... Do you know how much crawfish you can get with $10 million? Do you know how much shrimp and toothpaste you could get with ten million dollars, man? I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it to him. He just. He does it to get into control because he's starting to look like Booger McFarland. I'm saying. I say it again. He look more like Booger McFarland than Zion Williamson right now. If he gets straight, they're gonna be a nice squad. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. But uh, he just got. He got. He got to figure out what's going on with Zion. I think that's what everybody can agree on. He just say Booger McFarland. (laughs) He do. Go. Everybody in the audience and everybody listening. Go like to your Bo- phone and go look at Booger McFarland and then go look at Zion Williamson and you will say, Booger, you got something to tell us 
Or I need to see a burger scene with you. I'm not, nope, I'm not going to do it. Not, that's another Tell. conspiracy theory. Hey, hey, because I think Zion is step there, right? Booker, I'm looking at you, Booker. You look exactly like this young man. He, watching <laughs> Monday Night Football was painful. Listen to him just butcher everybody's name. He be talking about some, he called Zion Jamison or some shit like that. Man, that yeah, dude, his, man, he ain't got no business. I know. His his painful. Painful. <laughs> Boy, gang signs Ooh. all the time. All right, go ahead, Boogie. Let's get to, <laughs> as we digress, let's get to the okay. next one. All right, the next one we're going to move up. We're going to go to another team in L.A., the Los Angeles Clippers. They're clocking in at the 18th spot on the power rankings. Man, only thing that I can really say is, shit, man, Tyron Luke, man. He he, he's doing a hell of a coaching yeah. job. That's one thing you can say is he's doing a hell of a coaching job. They need, of course, they need Kawhi back. They need Paul George back. But the fact that they're competing on a nightly basis and, like, every time you watch their team, you're like, damn. Like every time you watch, you look and go, damn, Black Magic. Oh, I'm sorry. Reggie Jackson, I call him Black Magic. I'm a, I'm a nickname giver. So, uh, yeah, we call him Black Magic around my way. So when you see Black Magic after hooping, every time you say, damn, Reggie be hooping. And when you say that every time, like it's a surprise every time, but it, it, he, he gets down. And, and the fact that Ty Lue's able to do that with those two guys being hurt, nah, man. Nah, man. He, the Lakers look foolish. Anyways. <laughs> Okay. They should have waited. They should have waited and got their guy. All right, we're going to move up one more spot to uh, the 17th spot is going to be the Charlotte Hornets. They're like in the middle. Well, we're getting towards the playing teams right, right now. We're, we're getting towards the playing teams, the 8, 9, 10 season in their respective conferences, if I'm not mistaken, 17, 8, 8, 16. Yeah, we're getting yeah. about in that range of the playing teams. So I'll say it's a, it's one of those young, exciting teams. Are really actually I like watching the Charlotte. I almost called them the Bobcats. I, I like watching the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Lamelo Ball, of course. You, everybody's been following him since he's been a little child. So watching them, watching him and uh, Miles Bridges, man, fuck that RTV nigga. Like watching RTV get out there. Who? What you hoop like they ain't got boys? Come on, the Hornets are fly. I'm sorry, no pun intended, but it was intended. Talk about uh, scary Terry, man. Gonna oh, Scary out. Terry, my bad. Scary Terry Rosier, he be, hey, that yeah. man hoops. That young yeah. man hoops. Hey, I just got congratulations for the young team on the up and up. Uh, I, uh, I don't think, let me look at the standings though. Do I, I'm trying to see, do I think they would make it past a, past a plan? I don't think so. Looks like it might be Gordon. So Gordon Hayward, if he comes back, he's healthy. That might help them on the down the stretch in the playoffs. But at this point, man, shit, who knows when it comes to injuries. But we're going to move up to the 16th spot. We're going to go to the Atlanta Hawks with Trey Young. The New York Knicks, public enemy number one. They're here, They're in at, a, what is it, a, a 500 record? They're looking at a 34-34. I'm looking at it, man. Shit, they still have... Uh, Clint Capella, I don't pay attention. I'll be honest, man. Like, when it came to basketball and the Rockets went and took they they, they stepped back towards the rebuilding phase, it was just kind of like, all right, man, y'all motherfuckers, let me know whenever y'all do something spectacular or some shit. But with the Hawks, I'm just looking at it like, I think they can have a run like they did. I'm not 100% confident that they're going to get past a Brooklyn or uh, a Milwaukee. I think that they might be looking at maybe like the fourth or, you know, fifth seed. Oh, fourth or fifth best, best team in these. I'm looking at it. 
man, they, they're not living up to the expectation, man. When you make a deep run like that, I expected them to be better. I don't, and honestly, I don't know who the leader is on that team. Is it Trey Young? Is it Hunter? Is it Capella? It's just, man, they just, they just seem off a lot of times. They're fair. It's a theme in Atlanta, I think, of confusion that's going on. I see that theme. They're in a disarray. They're called the failure. Family. It's called failure. It's, it's, failure. it's called failure. It's called never failure. Recover. Yeah. It's never really recovered, man, from that. Damn, even in back. Yeah, damn, that's yeah, a low blow. That's a low the blow. sports, man. It just crosses sports. You don't uh, know yet. Deshaun ain't picked yet. They might end up winning or nothing. And we're going we're going to get to that in, in a little bit. But at the 15th spot, let's go ahead and power through these this, this last half. At the 15th spot, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's just it's just a great it's just a great young team. It's just a great young team. Now I will say this is some one reason why I wanted to do these is because if you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers and you go look at the Nets, you can clearly see that they had no reason to trade for James Harden. As a wise man told me one time, they could have won a championship with the guys they had. Because if you had Kevin Durant out there with Spencer Dinwiddie, out there with Karis LeVert, and out there with Jared Allen, did I get the, yeah, Jared Allen, then that team is a championship team with Kyrie and KD. That's pretty much all I got to say about the Cleveland Cavaliers is they're going to be all right. Oh, all right. and Evan Mobley is the rookie of the year. Mobley's nice, man. He's nice. Yes, very nice. I don't know if I've ever seen that that 30 for 30 or about the Benji. I know the story about that kid, Benji from Chicago. We'll have to do that. We'll have to talk about that one day. Uh, but he reminds me a lot of that, a lot of that guy. Very long, lanky offense and defense. Dude is dope. But yeah, that's yeah, not all I got for Cleveland. Let's get to 14. Right, so 14, let's get we got the Toronto Raptors uh coming in at a uh, 38 and 30 record. I mean shit, bro. I got something Nick. on that. I was, uh, at, the, I was at the uh, Nuggets-Raptors game uh, with my son last Saturday night. And right. Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes is going to be a player. That dude, man, he's thick. He can move. He can shoot. Scotty Barnes is nice, man. They got a good little squad. They beat the Nuggets, actually, at home. The, so I, like I think them. the Raptors show us again that coaching matters. Nick Nurse, believe we've had Pascal Siakam in and out the lineup. Much respect for Fred Van Vliet, but I, I will say it's just showing that what a great job that Nick Nurse is doing. And I like what their GM does. He just fills the team with long, lanky guys that can who can play defense and sees where it goes. But that's the guy they got them. So, They're extremely athletic, man. Extreme. Yeah, extremely. So to move up, the next one is number 13. We got Chicago Bulls. Shit, they got a squad, bro. I got a friend that's a Bulls fan, so all I that's all I hear is the Rose and this, Caruso that. What's the little light-skinned motherfucker they got? Zach Levine, man. Zach Levine. Whatever, man. How could you forget Zach Levine? Man. But they have a real good squad. I think that DeRozan is a, how do I say this? I'm not going to say he is, but he can be candidate. He's up in that discussion for the turnaround, I would say. Not number one, number two, or number three. He may be five, six, or seven. But he's up there in that conversation for the way he's turned that team around. Alex Caruso's might be the best gadget player after, after Draymond, he might be the best gadget player. You just stick him in. He don't need plays. He plays defense, offense. Hell, he probably could play special teams if he wanted. But I feel like most of these teams that we're talking about at this point are, are teams that are well put together. They're pretty good, but we want to see what they do in the playoffs. Everybody's just waiting to see, okay, we've seen you through however many months the season is. And now we want to see what you guys are going to do going forward. That's really what we want to know. So moving up to the next ranking is uh, the number 12 spot. 
we have the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie's coming off this 60-piece. KD's there. As long as KD's they, there, we know what KD can do. Like, we, we know. In his own words, yeah, you know me. Yeah, you, you know this dude. You know who I am. Yeah. Man don't need no inter- uh, 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 real introduction. I can just really say is that only my only knock that I ever had on Kevin Durant was back when I was playing uh, 2K16. Uh, or was it 14? I can't remember which one were you you was able to befriend uh, players. And I, and I just picked a rivalry with Kevin Durant for no reason. Oh, I was just like, you know what, man? He tried to come up to me. He was like, hey, man, I heard about you coming out. Beyond like, Boogie's gaming exploit. But I was like, man, fuck you, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, so I started to beef with him. But the beef stemmed from his choice of nicknames. It, it, uh, Kevin Durant had the greatest nickname bestowed upon him. And it fit his play style, the Slim Fucking Reaper. Come on, bro. You built two pick sticks. But but you're deadly. You're deadly as shit on the court. And I felt felt like that easy money sniper and all that shit, that's cool now. But I was saying, at that time, that goddamn Slim Reaper was was, was, but he opted to go with, uh, what was it, the waiter? Because he's always serving people. I I have... It, 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 first of all, his nickname is Skinny Nigga Hoop. Because when you walk in the gym, you say, God damn, who is that Skinny Nigga Hooping? That's his name. SNH, if you can't say part of the phrase. Now, this next team to me is one question I just, I think that everybody wants to ask or wants to tackle or wants to get into is if this team has to play Toronto, how far are they going to get into the playoffs? Because if they have to play Toronto, Kyrie is not going to be able to play as far as the mandate sits right now. If the mandate does change, will they be the first eighth seed to win the NBA Finals? Is Ben Simmons going to play? <laughs> There's a lot of questions that that's wrapped up with this team, but as as I look at them, as I see fit, I do think that if, and if it was a fit, yeah, we'd all be drunk, but as right as they sit right now, I do think Kevin Durant could get him out of a first-round series. And I know people are here, oh, what's wrong with these ones? I don't think I don't think we'll get to that team. I don't think these other teams are, are equipped in a seven-game series to beat the likes of KD. And if he does happen to get Kyrie on his team, I don't see anybody beating them in the Eastern Conference except for one man and one team, and that is the Greek freak. But Giannis is going to need Brook Lopez to get healthy because if they do not have Brook Lopez, they ain't winning shit there. All right. So we're going to move up another spot uh, to number 11, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, cats out here. Um, sixty, right? Yeah, uh, seven yeah. for eight for three mm-hmm. that night. Yeah, big man can shoot. He a shoot pass dribble. I think cat always makes me want to bring up the point that I make with the fact that, about the fact that these kids are nineteen when we draft them. Excuse me. So they're nineteen when you draft them, and nineteen. We all remember being nineteen. That's very young. And if you're talking about going to the league and you think that someone is just going to be able to be like LeBron James or something and just click on real quick that I need to go to I need to work out every day. I need to go to the gym all the time and be in the da 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 da. And we have guys that have been in the league for ten years that still won't do that. That's hard. And so you know what I'm saying? So you expect young cats to learn how to do this and you don't give them time. I think every time we see a guy like this that has all this talent and this potential I was talking to one of our buddies the other night, and he was just like, they have the talent, the potential, but you got to see, one, do they have that dog? And he's starting to develop that, and does he want it? And I think you don't really see if the guy really wants it, like quotation, wants it until he gets to the age of, unless he's, like I said, like one of these superhumans, 
until he's like 23, 24. And then you start trying to see, okay, you got to remember back in the day when guys were drafted before all this 19 years old type stuff, guys were hitting the league and by their third year, they was 24, 25 years old. So it looks totally different than a guy that's in his third year. He's 22. You know what I'm saying? And you expect him to act like he's mid halfway to 30. So I think that, that we just got to pay more attention to that and pay attention to like where these guys are drafted and how old they are when they're drafted. Like Devin Booker, I swear to God, was drafted when he was, when he was 17. I'm telling y'all, they just didn't tell us. No, but where you're drafted, it does matter. And you got to have the right veteran leadership in place to facilitate that kind of growth. We see it in the NFL all the time. Quarterbacks get drafted and nothing happens because they're in a trash franchise and you can't get the right people in the building. So the NBA is no different that way. Yeah, and I think that's what took them so long. And that's a great point that you make because you do need that veteran leadership. And I think that one of the main problems that you don't see veteran leadership is because it's cheaper to sign a young kid that's not a Carl Anthony Towns that may just sit on your bench. It's cheaper to sign him at the end of your bench than it is to go get an old, crafty veteran that's not there to necessarily, quote unquote, win you games, but he's there to show the other players the ropes. But I think that Minnesota kind of, they're trying and it's starting to work. And so we'll just see what they do moving forward. I, I do expect in the next couple of years, they should be doing some things with the big cat and black Jesus. Uh, moving up uh, to with the top 10. Uh, all right, before we do that, uh, let me go ahead and address the audience. If you would like to come in and speak, you can just hit the uh, the raise hand symbol down there at the bottom. I'll bring you in. If we have uh, multiple people just trying to come in and speak, we'll get to you as we uh, as we knock them down in in order. But uh, Yeah, Boogie just going to pick y'all. Whichever one yeah. he pick, he just going to pick. And then, so, uh, and then that's going to be him talk. So it's, it's never really an open format. It's just an open format. If you feel like you want to interject and say something, just hit the hand raised icon down there at the bottom. Moving into the top 10, we got the Philadelphia 76ers. Everybody knows James Harden, Joel Embiid. Um, thing is that, can they win? Can they win it? No. Oh. Sterling, I'll let you say what you feel about them first before I talk about how I feel about them again. Yeah, I just, I don't have a lot of confidence in James Harden in, in the postseason. I think he's a great regular season player, but when it comes to the postseason crunch time, I mean, he... He just kind of, he just doesn't rise to the occasion. That's where that dog mentality comes in. And if you're out in the boom room, you ain't focused on the right things. I think uh, Embiid is cut the right way. I think Embiid, he's got it. But man, if, if James Harden is your sidekick, yeah, good luck on winning 50 games a season. But the postseason comes and it's a wrap because yeah. James Harden, he doesn't like to work in an offense. He he wants to be, he got uh, mellow, just wants to iso ball. <sighs> and, and that's, I'm you sorry, I just heard that way. hurts. But it's true, though. You have to be able to change your game up. And uh, so that's what you get with James Harden, man. I agree. I, I think that the, the regular season stuff, it's horrible. But the worst part about it to me, because we've talked about it, we'll continue to talk about him as we get to the playoffs. But the worst part about it is to me is James Harden looks like when someone makes it hard for him to do what he wants to do, not stop him, but makes it hard for him to do what he wants to do, he loses interest in playing. And that to me is just, so you're a quitter. So when the going gets tough, you're going to pack it up. And he's done it time, time, time again. So I do think Joel Embiid does have it. I'm worried about his injury. I think sometimes his stamina gets in the way because sometimes Joel Embiid, like, he, like even against that in that Nets game, it looked like he like gave it at all. He was tired as hell by the time the halftime came. Hell, the end of the first quarter. So, but again, he's got the dog. Uh, but I, I can't trust James Harden. 
All right, uh, moving up. Uh, at the number nine, we have the Denver Nuggets. Oh, we got a speaker. We got a speaker. Oh, uh, we got a speaker coming in. All right, we're gonna bring in. Oh, what's up, shotgun? Now, hey, don't forget to pick up the chopsticks. Forget to Hey, man, you know I didn't plan to say nothing, but you was baiting me all. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> give him backstory. James Harden is my favorite player. Top, definitely my favorite player. So I hear what y'all saying, but my question to y'all. Are y'all going to talk about the past or are we talking about this year? So y'all sound like Stephen A. when he talked about Kyrie and the Capitol Rise two years ago. If you want to say James Harden is not performed in the playoffs, I ain't going to give you no argument there, even though I live in the city of Houston where we got to stay up all night, went to three Western Conference Finals. But I'll let y'all say that we talking about this year. If you're talking about this year, what chances do you give Philly? One of the things that that I know Russell will address is Doc Rivers, number one. James Harden got a – he can't play like he was playing in Brooklyn, which he was playing very well. He can't pass first. He needs to go back to Houston mode. He needs to attack because that Philly roster isn't made up as much talent and as much shooting. So if the Philadelphia Sixers don't come out of the East, it's not going to be because of James Harden. It's going to be because of their lack of shooting. And it's going to be because Doc Rivers not putting him in positions to be successful. He got to change his mindset. He got to go back to score. He got to go back to getting 30, which he can do. He cannot pass the ball so much. Their third best player is Tyrese Maxey. Maxey's nice. But Philly's roster isn't just loaded. Tobias Harris, they're not just loaded and they don't have shooting. So I agree with y'all if y'all say that they're not going to come out of the East. That's fine. But we can't place the blame solely on James Harden. And we can't talk about his in San Antonio. That was in 2018, 16, right? Let's talk about this year, how Philly looks. And they look pretty good. I'll oh, take the floor on that one because it's not, and my analysis comes from, it's his body construction. He doesn't, he doesn't do the, I don't know the dude, but we all hoop. He just, his body can't handle it. He's not in good shape. So when you get you play 82 game season, you get in the playoffs, he runs out of gas. And that's the problem that I had with James Harden. And it's it goes to the party, the excessive partying and, and those kind of things. When you are that dog, you put boundaries in place so that you can perform when your team needs you the most. And time after time again, and you talk we talked about Houston, but they had guys around him. But now he's outside of Van Beat, he's the next thing. And so he has to change his mentality and how he plays the game, in my opinion. And Russ? yeah, I'll say this. And by the way, thank you so much, Shotgun. That was a, a great, great point, question, all that mixed in. I think that my only response to that is this. We don't care what happens with him in the first round, in the second round. We want to see what happens when it is time. I'm from Dallas. I'm a Dallas fan. It got to a point where we did not care what Dirk did in the regular season. We didn't care if he got in the first round. We wanted to see what happened when he got to the Western Conference Finals and beyond. Can you beat San Antonio in 06? And he was able to beat them and get to the finals. I think that's the difference is that James Harden is a great basketball player and you can be a great basketball player and a horrible playoff time performer. That's just, you know, I won't say horrible, but you could come up small in the big moments in the playoffs and still be a great player. It's just his flop. It's one of those things that we just have to see him do it when it 
quote unquote matters. Like everything else is not going to take away from it saying you're a great player, bro. But like, right. what you going to do when other great players is on the court with you playing? All right. We're moving on. We got to go ahead and keep hitting these, keep hitting the roads so we can hit these, these other topics. Number nine, we have the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets uh, coming in at the power rankings number nine. I got something to say. I'll jump it off right quick. I think Sterling gonna back back me up on this. They're the the front runner for the MVP plays for the Denver Nuggets. If you are not watching the Denver Nuggets whole basketball games and seeing what this man Nikolai Jokic, the Joker, is doing, he is the best center in the game of basketball and a top five point guard at the same time in one body. He's not doing it with Jamal Murray because he's hurt. He's not doing it with Michael Porter Jr. because he's hurt. And we talk about all these other guys, and this guy has it. We, what they say, we talk about LeBron trying his best to make the play on, playing, and there's some losers out there in L.A., and we should be talking about what we are seeing in Denver because this is some of the most amazing basketball I have seen. This dude is like a mixture of Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowinski, and Arbitus Sabonis. Bro, it is ridiculous that the stuff that we're watching him do. I'm I'm just, I'm, and he doesn't even jump high, catch oops, or do anything athletic, but he's pure. Like, he's pure on that 94, and it, it's just beautiful to watch. And I think he is the, he's the front runner for the MVP, but I have someone else in mind, and I think we're going to get to that at the end of the power rankings. But yeah, I just, I think Joker is really, he's just a shit, but I'll let you go, I'll let you go, Sterling. Agree with everything. The only thing I'll add to that is Mike Malone's doing a damn good job coaching these guys, man. He's been solid for the Nuggets since he's been there. I, I, I go to a lot of Nuggets games. So, you know, they're, they're an impressive team, man. It's just strange, you know, how they don't get the free agency buzz. Nobody really mm -hmm. wants to come play with Denver. I don't understand it. Jokic is that nice. Uh, moving up to the number eight spot, we have the Utah Jazz. You got Mike Conley uh, out there. They're a peculiar team because, you know, like, we can go ahead and ring, ring that dark horse bell. Dark horse, ring, ring. We can ring that dark horse bell. Like, they're a team that is put together very well. They have a very good coach, and they have a superstar player that can kill you at any time. But there's something missing. But they're a really good team. But I will say they are dark horse. I would never sleep on Utah. Utah is, Utah is nice. They're the NBA version of the Chargers. <laughs> you know what? That is good. That is good. Up. That is a good one. That is a real good one, bro. I like that yeah, one. Man, we're gonna we're gonna touch on those motherfuckers. Oh NBA. yes. In fact, let's get yeah. Let's go ahead and get yeah. to the next one so we can get to get to them. Okay, number seven. Uh, we got the Splash Brothers and company, the Golden State Warriors. Clay's back. Steph hooping as per usual. What is Donkey doing? What more can be said? We all know yeah. what this. Yeah. Warriors are about. We waiting to see what happens in the playoffs. I hope Steph gets well. I will say we could touch on it. I don't think that Marcus Smart was dirty. I think that you just like KYP, know your personnel. Sometimes you have to know your opponent, KYO, and you know that he's a six foot five, six foot six, Patrick Beverly or six three, however tall he is, six four, six five, Patrick Beverly. You know how he gets down and he plays hard a hundred percent of the time, and you cannot expect a guy that's been like that his whole career to look and say, oh, it's Steph, let me slow down. So I don't really think that everybody should rag on him. I think it's just a crappy, shitty play that happens. And, you know what I'm saying, you just got to move on. But I think Steph would be all right. I hope he's all right because in time of the playoffs, it'll be, it'll get jumping. It'll be all right. So we're going to move up number six. So we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, you already know what's up there. Giannis, Chris Middleton, 
they are what they are. Yeah, they know. are what they are. Defending Super Bowl champ. I'll say Super Bowl champ. My fucking brain is on football. Uh, so let's go to the next one. <laughs> so let's move on to the next one. We finally cracked the top five. Coming into the number five spot is the uh, Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum. I will say this, and this is all I got to say about them. I won't go too deep, too far deep into it. Two things. Jason Tatum, Kobe taught me another nickname. You better re- recognize it when you see it. And ever since they got Derek White to come and play point guard and that team got some organization, that team got very scary. Nothing you need to pay attention to. Who did their coach Udoka play for? He played for the Spurs. So that team is going to move in a mechanical fashion. It's going to get the job done. And they got a superstar on two superstars, actually, on the wing. And they got a really good postman. But that's, that's a dangerous team come playoff time. But that's really all I got to say about them because I know we, try to, we got to get the football. And this is the, I'm, and I'm moving up real quick to this number four spot because I know both of y'all being mass fans, you're gonna have you're gonna have your, your mm-hmm. sessions. You can go ahead and talk number four. We got Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks coming in. Dark horse. That's your dark horse. I'm not surprised. This I'm gonna is, tell y'all right now: the Western Conference Finals is going to be the Dallas Mavericks versus the Golden State Warriors. I haven't drank enough to say that we're gonna win yet. Give me hey. that. If Denwitty and Brunson, hey, if Denwitty and Brunson can can step Man. it up just a little bit, I think they could beat them. And that's it's I'm co- just telling you right now. Early, it's coming. It's coming. It's, it's yeah, Jalen Brunson is too nice, bro. He's too it's nice. Coming. The Mavericks have a very well-oiled machine and a very good basketball team. Living in Dallas, I get to watch them a lot, like I used to as a kid. And you get to really see how good Luke is. This team is is very well put together for what they're trying to accomplish. Are they Looking like they're going to win the championship. But no, that's why I call them a dark horse. You won't really see them coming, but they are a very good squad. We can keep going. I know we got something major that happened in the world of football today. Someone lost their lover. <laughs> number three, we have the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Shit, man. That is number two in the MVP voting. That's all I got to yeah, say is John yeah. Moran is, is number two. He's got yeah. his team up to number two. Welcome to the dark side. Who's number one or number two? Who's number two? The uh, Miami Heat is uh, rolling in at number two. No Jimmy Buckets. That team is really good. Bam out of bio. Tyler Hero is the dude that's propelling them to where they are at right now because his emergence, he rededicated his mind and focus this offseason for basketball. So he's, he's, dude, he's, he's, uh, he turned it on, man. That dude is the reason why they're number two in the league. Yeah, he was a kid, man. He was a kid living a kid's dream. They got in his face, told him, man, you need to get this shit together. And he's like, all right, cool. I realized they need to get it together. Boom, bang, boom. Now you're getting to see what he do. I love to see it. Who's number one? The Phoenix Suns coming in at the tippity top spot. Looker don't get enough respect. DeAndre Ayton should have been that, should have been the pick he was in the draft. And even though Luca's better at even though Luca's better, DeAndre Ayton was a perfect fit for them and the perfect pick for them in the draft. And they're doing all this without Chris. All right, well, oh. well hold on, just, just, just wait. <laughs> just hold on a minute. So uh, this month, uh, Gratwick is doing the $50 giveaway they have going on. All you need to do is be eligible to join the Gratwick Discord and click the party emoji. Look for a new giveaway every month. They're giving away money. It's free. Why not? Why the fuck not? Um, and we're not, oh, and I was going to say, telling off of that, speaking of giving away money, Hey, I know it's already started. The brackets have already lost. But yes, if you do happen to win my bracket challenge, I will give you a hundred dollars. I'll give you a hundred funky ass dollars. If you it's highly unlikely. It's highly because uh, I think the brackets uh, across the country is uh, less than 2%. I want to say if I'm not mistaken. But it's good news, though, it's because great. in the bracket yeah. challenge, someone's got to win. Yeah, someone's somebody gotta has win. 
But we'll we'll talk more about we'll talk more about the bracket as they move through. We get a couple more stories. I know it's happening today live. I believe Iowa pissed down their leg and Kentucky shit the bed. I believe, and I just I don't have. I did. Well, we could do a whole show on the March Madness. Yeah, the March Madness is, is crazy. It's, it's madness. It's madness my, for real. Basketball overdose. Okay, uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into some more of that once we get some more finals and and the stories standards. come rolling in. So we we'll start moving towards next? more of the Final Four. Uh, but yeah. we're going to talk about uh, Naomi Osaka and the uh, message she had in the middle of her match to address a heckler. So I know last week when we talked about Russell Westbrook and his issue with uh, courtside hecklers and things of that sort, and we basically told hey, motherfucker, toughen the fuck up. Stop all that goddamn crying. But this one was a little different. Um, Naomi Osaka, it, it, to me, it differs from the Westbrook situation because Naomi, uh, 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 she's documented of having mental health issues. So let's go ahead and, and just talk. This is tennis we're talking about. And tennis is <laughs> known for being a very quiet sport. It's not a loud sport. It's not like, it's like golf. Everybody got to be quiet. You hear the players grunt when they hit the ball. So that's how quiet it has to be. But I do have a, I do have a theory as to why you have a lot of people that's emboldened, that's willing to speak out and chirp with these these athletes. I personally feel, and and like, look, I'm gonna say this: certain athletes in certain certain settings is warranted. I don't think that chirping and heckling has has a place in tennis or soccer. Can I interject like, real quick? Heckling can be in soccer. I'm not tripping. Soccer. I'm talking about. Uh, I'm sorry. Tennis and tennis and golf. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, you got. Here's here's one thing. How many times has Naomi Osaka won a won a match? Looked at the crowd and said, "Get the fuck out of here to a baby." Because Russell Westbrook did that shit in the bubble. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, where I'm from, we make fun of people and we talk shit. But there's always them people that don't really talk shit and don't really scold. We call it a scoring back in my day. Don't really scold. Don't do that type of thing. And you leave those people alone, you know what I'm saying? Because they're not in it. And I think that Russell Westbrook is in it. Like, you're yelling at the crowd. You call people clowns. People talk back to you. You yell and scream. That's you invite, is that. Yeah, but yeah, you invite that, that energy and that intensity. You play off the crowd. That's and, not and, a thing. Yes, in and in tennis, it's not a thing. I know that for the first time in however long tennis has been a sport, the Big 12 decided to allow heckling. Now, I find heckling to be hilarious. And I am a heckler. I love it. I think it's the most greatest thing you can do as a fan is to look over the stand and say, hello, sir, you're a trash at your sport. And I do not like you because you wear a different jersey and I have to be an adult 24-7. <laughs> so the only time I get to act like a kid is when I talk about sports or I'm at a sporting event. So I get it, but I think you have to know, like, time and place. Calling Russell Westbrook Westbrook and laughing when he shoots and misses is different than waiting till it gets completely silent at a silent event that only really does clapping at a girl that doesn't really bother people and saying, no, it's like he fucking suck. You know what I'm saying? That's like, it's totally different. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where we have to draw the line as people. Like we know, like people are going to be dicks, bro. Like they are, that's going to happen. But as a society, we have to stop saying people are going to be dicks. So just deal with it. Like at some point we got to turn and look at the people being dicks and be like, yo, stop being a dick, bro. And it, and it takes a young girl crying in front of her match for us to see that and realize that. But that's like the sad truth. Like. I agree, toughen up your skin a tad bit. But at the same time, you in the stands yelling, you suck. Fuck you. Stop being a dick. Like, right. it's pretty simple. You know what I'm saying? 
I just think there's I just think it's different, man. If if that happened to Venus or Serena Williams, I don't think it'd be an issue. But I think it's the I think it's a generational thing at this point because I'm not trying to say that the newer generation they're soft, <laughs> but they kinda are. And I don't listen, fans are gonna be fans. That they're paying, they can say whatever the hell they want to say. But as an athlete, you're on a, a, a world platform. You have the mental preparation is part of it. People are gonna say you suck. Like you can't just mental health issues aside. This is a cool world out there. And you mean to tell me that you're a professional athlete and just because and it, you suck, is this going to ruin your whole day? I just have, I, I want, I have compassion for her, but at the same time, that'd be one thing if, if dude was just like ripping her mama and her grandmama or something like that. That's the fighting words. I, like, I can't, it's hard for me to sit here and say, no, Sterling, he, he's got to be nice. I believe he should be a nice, the person should be a nicer person. But I think the main thing that struck a chord with me was like, because I'm not going to lie, like real talk, y'all listen, I laughed when I first, when I heard it like live and I heard like the clip, I busted out laughing because I was like, bro, they waited to the perfect time to say that shit. But at the same time and place, you know what I'm saying? That's just not the match or the place to do it. And that's damn sure not the athlete to do it too. Like I like I believe that if they would have said that to Serena, she would have won the match, grabbed the mic after match, and said, "Motherfucker, you suck," and spiked it. Exactly. Like, I, like, but there's two different types of people, and one is not necessarily right over the other. And we can all agree that person was out of line for the time and place that they took to say you suck. You know what I'm saying? Because they knew what they were doing. It's like, in a sense, picking on the person that you know ain't gonna do nothing back and to me just me as a person i hate that more than anything like why are you gonna go at the people that don't want smoke like she does not want any smoke we know naomi osaka does not want any smoke bro like she like she doesn't like she's just that's her like now, I, have, so. I, have, I have a theory of why and hey shoot me out sports betting all right listen <laughs> so no listen me out you got guys out here that can bet on literally anything like you can bet in the Super Bowl which color the Gatorade uh, is going yeah. to be that's going to doubt this coach. So people are betting. I got an that enormous, right, by the way. Yeah, an, a, <laughs> an enormous <laughs> amount of money on these things. So I do think that maybe the guy might have some money on, on the wish crawler and he was had some money riding against Naomi. And maybe him chirping was a way that he felt like he could go ahead and, and strengthen his chances on his bets. That was a great discussion. Do y'all feel that? Her frustrations and mental health issues are growing because she hasn't been playing well at all in her last few matches. But that's just like a theory that up. I feel. Okay, let me go ahead and bring I'm in the sushi line. All right, shotgun. shotgun. Go ahead and pick up your chopsticks. Yo, let me ask y'all a question. Somebody made a good point. The matches that she's been winning, she's been getting heckled. Um, Venus and Serena win. They got heckled. Tennis is a heckling sport. But do you think it makes it worse that she has been struggling? She's lost, I think, like the last four out of her five matches, something like that. So do you think the heckling is worse because she's struggling on the tennis court? I think she takes it. I think she takes it harsh, more harshly because it's happening and she's in a, a down, I guess you could say in a down spot. Now, I will, I, I heard that quick, like, he tried to quickly be like, yeah, tennis, yeah, tennis is not a heckling sport. When they said that stuff to Serena, people were like, are, are they racist? What is wrong with people? Like, tennis is not a sport where people are just, like, heckling those. And we have seen tennis people get people removed from matches. But, again, I do also agree with Sterling's side. I think that at some point, there has to be a meeting in the middle. Yo, 
You shouldn't be yelling like you suck at a player that you know is going through stuff. And if someone does yell, you suck at you. And they should be able to mentalize that and get your job done because people are dicks. But I just think that when we talk about these things, I do feel like we move to the second thing I said. Oh, people are dicks. Get strong. Go. And I think that's just something that we know you have to do. Yeah, you do. And, and this was something that my, my dad always told me. He said, it's kind of like you, you sign up to join the war, but you get mad when you get shot. To feed off what Sterling was saying as well, this is what you signed up for. And the things that comes along with it, so you got to do your best to navigate those of those waters. So we're going to move along to the NFL. We got uh, Tom Brady uh, is back. He was retired for all about, what, two weeks? Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, man. And he came back. I, I remember maybe about 20, 20 minutes before the announcements came down, I remember I seen a, I seen a clip on, I think it was maybe like a, you know, BR report or something like that. He's talking to Christian Ronaldo, uh, the, you know, the, the, the super, mm -hmm. super famous soccer guy. Oh, I know he uh, is. I'm a Manchester yeah. United fan, yeah. sadly. He asked him a question. He was like, hey, man, you done for real? And Tom Brady gave him that... I don't even you, much you, know face. You, you, you know what, what happened? Saying? You know what happened? What happened? He was in his house chilling, probably watching some old film of the glory days. And Giselle said, what the fuck are you doing? He said, damn, what? She said, man, the knives go on the left, the spoons on the right, and the forks in the middle. You don't even know how to put dishes up. And Tom said, fuck this nah, shit. Bro, I'm fuck this shit. I'm going back to go play football. His son started having a lot more stuff to do. It's easy to tell your son, hey, daddy's going to try to win a Super Bowl. Rather than I ain't trying to kick it right now. <laughs> like, so I think that the real life big Tom Brady, he realized, man, I can still do this a little bit. I don't like washing dishes. I don't like taking out the dog. I don't like doing all this other stuff. I like playing football. No, I love playing football. You know what? I can still play football. And he did. But I do give him credit for telling the team when he told them so that they could try their best to build the team around. Them. And shout out them for re-signing Godwin. Because a good one, Godwin? Chris no, Godwin. my bad, yeah. No, my, whole, my whole take on the Brady thing, first of all, he had a conversation with LeBron James after LeBron dropped 56. He had a conversation with Tom Brady <laughs> to propel him to play football again. And I think the whole Brady sitting out, first of all, why you got to go through all that drama to say you're going to retire? You know what I'm saying? It's just too much drama with Tom Brady. Yeah. If you're going to go, man, just go. But he really didn't have any intention on retiring. I just think it was a matter of that the Bucks had limited cap space and he want, yep. he doesn't want to be around a rebuild. That's all that was. Oh, he, yeah, they found was. out. He wanted to play. He wants to be the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Absolutely. Yeah, that's known. Yep. He, he wants to be the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and I think they would win a Super Bowl with him. But the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians took a – Big swig of that scotch and said, that shit's not happening. You know what I'm saying? And we throwing it deep again. So ice up your motherfucking arm. I'm out here. Mike Evans ready to play. We got rid of A.B. since nobody likes him. Maybe Jerry Jones, Mike. We're going to get into that a little bit. I, I just think that Tom just realized I can still play. I want to still play. And the sad thing about football players is they don't get to just say, I'm done for the most part. You got to take a football player out, man. Like, it's just the way that sport is. Now, I think that some guys are managed to be like, I'm going to call it quits. But I think like Larry Fitzgerald quietly stepped away and you had Andrew Whitworth was like, I'm done. But I do think for the most part, when you look at these football players, I think that a lot of them got to go out on the shield. And there's something kind of real about that. I'm not going to lie. I kind of dig it. 
so keeping on that same topic, like what 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 t- type of player and type of level of play do you expect that we're going to see from Tom Brady? I think um, that he's going to do pretty good, but this gonna team's not going to be that good. He, yeah, he's going to be fine, man. And the NFC is it's nice for him because all the talent is in the AFC right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've got some pieces on the offensive line. They just traded a fifth-round pick for Shaq Mason. He's going to come in and play guard. They already got Tristan Wirth. They got a good offensive line. I think they're going to be fine, man. I think they have a just a good shot to go back to the Super Bowl. If you look at this, in the past, what, eight years, it's he's – They'll lose in the playoffs, win a Super Bowl. Losing the yeah. playoffs is cyclical, and it's hard to get into the Super Bowl. We all know that. And now that the NFC is kind of it's weaker than the AFC, then he's got a clear shot to the Super Bowl, man. So it makes sense. So considering weak conference, all the talent being in the other worst part, how long can Tom Brady really play? If we were to go ahead and put a number of how much he has left, like how many seasons, how Dude. long do you think? He plays next. I say he plays next year. It goes moderately second round of the playoffs, maybe the NFC Championship. But then if he tests the waters that third year, yeah, they're gonna break his ass. They gonna. I think it's a one and done. I just think he's a one and done because he was already flirting with the idea. And I think. um, My bad. I'm sorry. How long is his contract? Two. I think it's uh, two two years, I think. Yeah, two years. Yeah. Oh, no. If he can get out of that, if on year two, he is, let me take that back. He's going to play three years because if on year two, his stats are still high, he's going to be out of that contract. Like he's going to try to play for the Cisco. Yeah. I don't think San Fran goes, go in with, with it's, I don't see the point whenever you already have Trey Lance there. And by that time, who knows, Trey Lance might be already there and already that guy in San Fran and you won't need Tom. So if I he's just not, don't, though. If yeah, if, if he's not, if he's not. But see, there's no guarantee that Tom's going to still be the same Tom or even remotely close to what he, the stratosphere of play that he's accustomed or used to. We don't know. None of us have a crystal ball. We can't but really from look. what we've seen lately, he could come out, he could come out and hey. not have as good as a season hey, and let, he would steal. Let me tell you something. As a Saints fan, look here, man. I remember <laughs> the day Drew Brees on went out on him. All right. I remember it happened. Oh, man. Really. Yeah, one week it was I'm seeing that him, noodle. He yeah, got that I'm, noodle. I'm sitting there. I'm seeing him make fifty yard passes and dot dot dot. The next thing you know, next week is oh, he can barely make a forty, and then yeah. it just it just goes lower. Yeah, low. Once father, so, once father time grabs your ass, yeah, that nigga get a hold of you. It's done. It's done. It's done. And shout out, you know, to Drew because he held on as long as he could. But Drew had to get stapled. Yeah, it's is when it happens. So that's why I feel. I say I I feel is going to be one year. One year for Tom, and then that, that's going to be it. But I can tell you, somebody that's uh, on deck that's going to have a long career, if he can decide where he wants to play, Deshaun Watson has been cleared of all criminal charges, so that means it's green light go. The teams that... The team, I told you, I told you so. Come on, man, don't I told you he wasn't boys. going to jail. He wasn't <laughs> going to jail. <laughs> but you, I mean, do, you, do you like Pro Bowl quarterbacks? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, everybody everybody was lining up to try to talk to him. And I would have to say I do appre- appreciate the level of, of uh, meticulousness that the the Texans have handled this process. So it's you mean like waiting a, for him to tell them where he want to go? No, it's, it's a screening process. Not that the compensation of the trade can't hold it up. Prior to you talking to him, whatever your package is has to be approved. 
you know, I think the teams that got a chance to sit down with him was uh, the Carolina Panthers, mm -hmm. the Cleveland Browns, the Saints, mm -hmm. and the Falcons. And now, from my understanding, it's down to just the Saints and the Falcons. So, I know uh, you. I know you. Go ahead. Go not, ahead and let not, loose. I not, know not, you don't want to say anything because I don't want it to, I, want it to come true. I don't want it to come true. Hey, look, hey, like, if you know me, you know that that I love the Texans. I love the Saints. To me, all of this shit is going to be a lateral move. Justice for me from a fan aspect, from my enjoyment, it's just going to be a lateral move. I know that you're going to have to give up a lot to get a guy like Deshaun. That worked out, though. I yeah, mean, that's already worked out. If he goes, the one thing I want to know is that aside from draft picks, is all who's all going. But if I had to say anything where I think Deshaun might land on this fit, dude, he's a hometown guy in Atlanta, but the thing is, like, what? Are they going to have? Because I've been seeing some of the trade packages. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. If Kyle Pitts is not included in the trade package, and from what them, I've seen, you can put them two in and they can spend. Yeah. I'm not going to put Kyle if, Pitts in the trade package. If so, this is what I've seen, and I and like I I don't know I don't know what it is, but if it is true, my God. So it's it's Kyle Pitts. God damn it! Uh, I'm having a mind of uh, AJ uh cornerback AJ uh. Terrell? Terrell. Oh, hell no. Atlanta better this, not listen, do this shit. This, oh, listen, now, no. now, here's the kicker. Three first-round picks, one second, and two-thirds. No. You're going to be sexier anyways. Why don't you just wait yeah. and then get Bryce Young? Just, I, just, like, I would swing my bat on hey. that. I'm not giving up Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is about to be the best tight end. Look, <laughs> right. the Kyle Pitts, if Kyle Pitts was on the docket, I was like, that's something that you got you to gotta explore. But... Let me say this, though. In their situation, because I know I sound like a fucking idiot to most people. Like, you wouldn't trade a tight end for a quarterback? No. What I'm saying is, if you are the Atlanta Falcons, and you're like, yo, we really want Deshaun, but we have possibly what's going to be. I truly believe that in the next, like, six, seven years, he's going to be the best tight end that we've ever seen play the sport. No lie. Like, he is that good. Like, he's on a Rob Gronkowski level, but he's got Tony Gonzalez athleticism. Yes. Like, he is, he and Antonio Gates, like, it's yeah, all, the whole package is there. So I'm saying, if you have a guy like that, being that tight ends are quarterback's best friend, I would, and A.J. Terrell, no. Like, he just went to the Pro Bowl, and DBs aren't easy to come by. So, and you got all these receivers coming. I, I, you, in their situation, no. I bite the bullet. I take the year off. And then the next year I come back, if I'm that bad with Matt Ryan or a mediocre, then, hey, I get to probably draft Bryce. I get Bryce Young and I get to put him out there with Kyle Pitts. Ridley's going to be done serving his suspension for gambling on his own team. And you know what I'm saying? Then I had to, in their situation, I wouldn't give up anything but, a, but all my draft picks. Now, if there was like, yo, give us your next like five first round picks for Deshaun Watson and I was Atlanta, I'd be like, I'll give you four we and two a, twos, and we can rock. Like, you know right, what I'm saying? Some, but We got a speaker we're going to bring in, Shotgun. All right, unmute yourself, mute Shotgun. You give everything that you have in your <laughs> franchise and your firstborn for Deshaun Watson. And that's if you are any team, not the Kansas City Chiefs, that's it. Or maybe the Buffalo Bills. You give up everything in your franchise for Deshaun Watson. He's 26 years old, and he is incredible. I love Kyle Pitts, too. But whatever the Texans want, you give it to them because Kyle Pitts is going to play for 
five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine more years, depending on injury. I hope you have a long career. Sean Watson about to play at least 15 years for you at the quarterback position. He is that good. And quarterbacks make the league. We have this argument all the time. A, court, a subpar quarterback has not won a Super Bowl since 2000, right? And we're not going to count Joe Flacco or any of those. He had an amazing season. Sean Watson is incredible. And whoever gets him, no matter what they give up, will most likely, especially if it's in NSC South, they will be a playoff team. The Saints are going to be a playoff team. <laughs> Mr. Shogun, let me ask you a question before before you before we let you go roll out on this topic. So, if would you rather have Deshaun Watson for that period of time and make it to the NFC cha- or the AFC Championship, win well, no, NFC Championship and lose five times, or if the Texans end up getting Kyle Pitts, losing all their games, getting Bryce Young, building a team around him, and winning the whole thing? Which which one do you believe is more likely? Because I believe the second option is more. I, I agree with you 100%. Deshaun Watson is that good. But if you're going to give up everything to put him in the exact same situation that he was in Houston, I think that you're just doing your team a disservice. You get the great player, but your team's not going to do anything, I don't believe. It's no going to take you too long to build around him. No argument there, brother. All I know is what I see. And I've seen Deshaun Watson. And if you have more faith in your organization that you're not going to run it into the ground like the Texans brass did, then you go get him because I think Bryce Young might be great. I think Malik Willis might be great. I think that Arch Manning might be great. I think a lot of those dudes might be great. I know, Deshaun, Williams. Watson. I know Deshaun Watson is great. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. No, I don't think there's a wrong, there's not a wrong opinion there for both sides. It's just, can Arthur Smith develop a quarterback? So if, if he can't, then get the proven talent in Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You, and you pay whatever you got to pay. As much as we, I love Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is replaceable. If you get some good wide receivers in there, you can sustain an offense without Kyle Pitts. He's a once-in-a-generational-lifetime talent, I believe, but quarterback trumps everything else on your roster. But again, right. why did you draft Kyle Pitts in the first place if you I don't believe, have a quarterback? And I agree with you, but here's, I mean, this may just tell you how high I am on Kyle Pitts is that I believe that Kyle Pitts is that type of player that even if it's already a great quarterback, like he'll elevate them even more. You know what I'm saying? Like he really is like a Gronkowski type. He really is a Kelsey type. He really is a Tony Gonzalez. He's that type of dude. And I think that really is a generational talent. Yes. And I think that if you have a player like that, like you, you, the, the, here's my thing. And I remember what Shotgun was getting at is you get, 15 years, you get nine years with one, 15 years with the other. My thing is, I think it's a well-built team around a guy like Kyle Pitts. And I'm talking about if they draft a Bryce Young and he turns out to be like a Herbert. If they, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's what we're working, that's the future we're looking at for them. I don't think you mortgage that or putting a great quarterback in a horrible situation and, or not, and, and, and dismantling the defense because you're giving away your best defender. So you're d- dismantling your defense. You're giving away the best weapon and you're banking and you're giving away all your draft picks. So free agency, like that's really your only option is. I think got options. They, they, they have options. If they don't, if they don't land Deshaun, and, and let's say Deshaun goes to the saints, there's other guys out there. There's Baker. No, Baker Mayfield's I'm saying, out there. No, no, I'm saying, Baker I'm, Mayfield is out there. <laughs> He's out you there. You wanted to get to this. He is out there for anybody. 
Baker Mayfield has wrote a breakup letter to the, the Cleveland Browns organization. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just not a big, I'm not big on Baker. I, I don't think anybody's big on, big on Baker, Boogie. I don't I think mean, anybody is big it, on it, Baker. It, I'm an Oklahoma proved, fan, and I was glad to see him go, damn it. It proved <laughs> my point in all my, my Bush cry. I said he was sober Johnny Menzel. He was all, he was sober. I don't Johnny. think he's that bad. I'm dead, no, he's I don't think he's so, that bad. He's sober Johnny Manziel by the Browns saying they want a quote and I quote a adult at quarterback. Yeah. Let's me know. It lets me know. It's literally like the guy that I see on, on TV with all the the little antics and the no dance moves that you be doing. It, it lets me know that that I hey I was right all along. I was right all no. along. But look. Is is some some people feel that Cleveland's quarterback position is cursed? I don't think. I, when, whenever Baker got drafted, I said, "Oh, this is Johnny 2.0. This is just a Manziel." 2.0. I didn't. He, and I'll let the people know. I'm an Oklahoma fan, so like when I saw him get drafted, my whole thing was like, "He's good, but you have to like have a system." That's the thing that happened with Odell. There's two types of quarterbacks in this world. There's guys that take their drop and they look for the guy that's supposed to be open in the plate. And there's guys that take their drop and they look for who's open in the play. And Baker is the, uh, the first one. He's just going to throw it to the spot where he's supposed to throw it. Now that's not going to work with every receiver. I do think though, that Baker is not, yeah, you got to call Deshaun Watson if you are the Browns, but you ain't got to let Baker know you can let it lead. You can right. let someone else find out the kind of personality he's got, the kind of person he is. You know that he's a fucking child. So why would you openly? That's like telling your chick, like, yo, baby, yeah, what's up? I'm going to the club tonight and I'm going to holler at other bitches. There's this real bad bitch named Deshaun. I'm going to holler at her. If she was, if she says she won't me, I'm going. You have to pack your shit up and leave. That's just what it is. Like, it makes zero sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that equal parts, like Baker, did you do what you were supposed to do as a number one pick? Fuck no. But as the Cleveland Browns, how, like, how you, how could you mess this up? You now have, you have a situation on your hand. You got a guy that's not, that doesn't want to play quarterback for you. He's not good, but he's not the trashest dude around. You know what I'm saying? You made the playoffs with him. You're not finna make the playoffs with your backup. You're not finna make the playoffs with a lot of these guys left over that you're going to have to choose from. When your quarterback's pissed off, he don't want to play for you. You know what I'm saying? So I think that equal size, it's just Cleveland's just, you say the quarterback position is cursed. No, Cleveland is cursed. Like <laughs> Cleveland is just cursed. Cleveland does not rock. Cleveland is, Cleveland is cursed. It just sits there cursed. Yeah. That's what they are. And, uh, it was just, no, go, go ahead, Sterling. And it goes back to, can you develop a quarterback? The value, the valuation process is, is, is so important. This is the stuff that I do with the scouting academy. Baker was a limited athlete coming out of that draft. He, he just, he had moderate <clears throat> arm strength. He, his athleticism is not good. And the NFL is changing when you have guys like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, these are supreme athletes and he just doesn't have it. His mental processing is really bad. And I, a lot of that, I think a lot of it comes from playing in the style of offense that he played in at Oklahoma or even at Texas Tech. He, he just not, he, I said this when he first came out and after his first season, I said, he's about as good as he's going to be right here. This is the mm -hmm. peak Baker Mayfield. He peaked 
They didn't get a they didn't get a high upside guy. They they wanted a guy because they've been so bad at picking quarterbacks. They wanted this what appeared to be safe, right? Yeah. But you, and, when and, you do that, you miss out on guys like Josh Allen. And, and I think what they what they made their mistake as well because I, I probably watched more Baker Mayfield than everybody in here. He, you're right. His arm strength and athleticism it's not that the reason why he got he's accurate as hell. Like you can trust him. To th- well, let me put this way: You thought you could trust him to throw the ball, not to the other team. <clears throat> Doesn't always work out that way, you know what I'm saying? And that's probably partly because of his lack of athleticism. But I just think that when you build your team, like you don't build a play action or a run based play action team with a quarterback that needs to throw a lot to look good. Like you, you, like you said, Sterling, like he played in Oklahoma's offense. Oklahoma throws the ball, like Oklahoma runs the ball, but once the throw is set up, then Lincoln would just gouge you, gouge you, gouge you, gouge you, gouge you. And with Baker, these throws are like jump shots. So you're asking a guy like to go the Aikman route. We need you to get these third downs and we need you to get them. And he's a first round pick and he should be able to do it. So I'm not making an excuse for him, but Cleveland, you picked the wrong guy. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, you picked the wrong guy. You knew you had the wrong guy. And you didn't do anything about it. Like, you knew when you got OBJ, this wasn't... We all knew when OBJ got to that squad, he could not throw the ball to Odell fucking Beckham Jr. We all knew. No, no, you are not good at quarterback, bro. There's no way in the world you cannot get the ball to OBJ. They'd be okay. All right, we got a question. Oh, good. It's one thing when you're a quarterback drafted to a trash team the browns did a good job of putting stuff around him and he still didn't perform and that's on the quarterback so we're gonna bring let's, in we got earl c uh let's go ahead and bring him in uh like to speak uh, ain't bringing him in let me see let me see what let me see what yeah, you probably got it yeah, there you go oh, you gotta accept there you go man. already bring on ahead and get out your chopsticks you guys you might be on mute. I don't know. Hey, can y'all hear me? Yes, yep. sir. Welcome to Sports Sushi. Hey, the only thing I really have on Baker Mayfield, bro, and this just might be me because I'm one of those people who who really believe that. Hello? Yeah, we hear you. You got you. Say right. your piece. Baker Mayfield, going to Oklahoma, he was a, a walk-on. So the mindset I have as a walk-on is I'm going balls out every day. I ain't going to parties. I ain't going to fuck mess with girls. I ain't going to sense you. Okay. I ain't out here fucking with bitches. I ain't at the frat party. Like I ain't drinking. I ain't smoking. I'm focused. Baker gets drafted to Cleveland number one. And now he's in a million progressive commercials. I'm of the belief, bro, that a lot of times why when dudes win championships, why it's hard to keep going is because you are, you're not doing what you were doing the previous summer, what made you so good to win that, that championship that you won. Baker came straight to the NFL and started doing commercials. So where's the time for him to train how he was training when he was a, a walk-on and it was all he was doing was training. Now he's doing commercials, he's doing this, he got money, he's living life, having fun. And he haven't got better. So it's it's evident that he's been doing everything but practicing football. And I'm going to leave with that. All right, man. Appreciate that. Early. Great point. 
Yeah, thank you for that interjection. That was that's pretty spot on. That's pretty much, I think, what the football world thinks of Baker Mayfield right now. Man, his his focus was on the different bag, man. That's all. But but I will say though, it is quite funny. Cleveland's like you you had an ugly girl at home and you went to step out and the pretty girl told you no and you went back home and the top lock was locked. Mm. Let me go ahead on the, the the subject since we can pretty much say that the update was that Baker formally officially requested a trade. And they declined him, but who knows? Who knows what will happen? I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they just want to have somebody in place before they they jump ship. So they told him. He said, "I want to trade." And Cleveland stood up and said, "Man, sit your fine out ass down before we make change." They're gonna go back there, go in the house and make some macaroni and cheese. Goddamn Make your commercials. But Baker wants to go to Indianapolis and play. So let's just go ahead and say, what is probably the best fit for Baker? And with the quarterbacks that are available out there right now, who is the best fit for Cleveland? And, and then let me welcome you to the speculation station. Beep, beep, beep. All right. That's what we speculate about sports, y'all. All right, go ahead, Boogie. All right. So I'm going to say this. I think that at this time you do, you do want to get rid of, of, of Baker. Look, I, I live and I rationalize NFL moves. If they don't want to play for you, man, look, then get them out there. But you're not, they don't want to play for you. Uh, and they're saying that they want to trade. The best thing to do is just to separate, just get split over with, find him a spot, get some compensation and move forward. Because I, I mean, with that. like Baker at this time, I look at it like this, is that you've seen, you you, you had what, by three, three years, three, four years of, of play that you've seen. Mm -hmm. And, and I agree with Sterling, like he's peaked, like, this is what you're going to get. I would much rather bring in maybe a, 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 a bridge guy. I'll bring in like Jameis Winston, Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody I know that can produce. We've maybe seen a sample size from uh, Jameis in his time in New Orleans, but I mean, shit over Jimmy that time. He would operate well in that offense. Yeah. He operated, he went five and two. It's Some of the things. Some of the plays were pretty ugly. They were effective. I would well, like. I, I do think that, though, honestly, I think that this is going to just be one of those things that they're going to sit. And I think both people are going to realize, man, we're the best for each other. Because I'm going to ask y'all to, and I'll shut up. Would y'all give anything for Baker Mayfield? Seattle, I would. How, how desperate am I? <laughs> How desperate am I? Right. And, and what team am I? Better yet, would you me... know if you're Seattle? Would you? If I'm Seattle, <laughs> would you know? If I'm Seattle and I'm third round pick, yeah, I think a yeah. third round pick gets yeah. it done. Yeah, I'm not giving. Yeah, but, no, no... Okay, but think about it this way though, because I believe that the next probably like two to three years of quarterback is going to be pretty good. Like it's going to be pretty damn good. So, would you mortgage like? We gonna win more games, or will you just do like the Texans do and just put a guy out there? Be like, we just gonna put this guy out here and see what he doing. Win or lose, we gonna be straight because if we lose, we are gonna get to draft the highest. We are gonna get the guy we want. If we win, though, you're stuck with Baker, and then you become Cleveland all over again because you have to build around this guy because you're not gonna be able to get a quarterback. I think that I think that if he goes to Seattle, I do think he sees some success. I don't think I think they're gonna they're not gonna use them as in the capacity as Russ with the, the let Russ cook uh, a campaign. I think they're gonna have him kind of play action turn, but do the shit that he's comfortable having be, become a, a game manager. 
One person also said that, <laughs> and I, I laughed at this shit. Baker uh could go to the Steelers, and I thought that that was pretty hilarious. Too late um, because the it's all about it's Mitchburg, bitch. The mm-hmm. Mitch that saved Pittsburgh, yep. Maserati in the building is parked outside and it's painted black and gold. I think <laughs> my. Mitch Palooza's back, baby. They rolled around again. In all seriousness, I think the one coach, but I think he's going to do something with Mitchell Trubisky. I do. I don't, and it has nothing to do with Mitchell. It has everything to do with Mike T. Everything to do with Mike T. I I think that Mitchell, I think this is probably a good fit for Mitch Trubisky because a lot of people forget Mitch still has some wheels, man. I do think that we do see a better, yeah, we do see a better showing. From Mitchell Trubisky in Pittsburgh, there's a, what was it, a Teddy B? Teddy B mm-hmm. signed and went to Miami as a backup Tua. I think it's just... Tua looking over his shoulders. Yeah, shoulders. <laughs> yeah. I said, I think he's really trying to secretly challenge him for that hey, spot. Right as day. But your Teddy called him on the phone and said, yeah, and then I got eight games yeah. and and yeah, watch, your <laughs> so, watch your back. You could have watched your back. And that was one of the guys that I was like, before all this uh, Deshaun Watson uh, trades thing ca- uh, came out with the uh, Saints, that was one of the guys that I was looking you know, to bring him back. I was like, we just bring back Teddy for a year or two until we could figure out this uh, quarterback situation. But uh, I was see, surprised just, to see Teddy I'm go. Just, and I love up. the mindset that if you want a quarterback, you got to lose. Like, I think that you can build. And if you find a guy that you can put in the position and you can play properly, I believe that you can win with a team around him. But if you have made up your mind and you're going to draft a guy to figure out your quarterback situation, then you need not have a decent quarterback because a because every guy's going to try to win. And so you need to put a guy out there that's, yo, if he wins, we found a diamond in the roof. If we lose, we about to go to the store and just buy the diamond. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just think that that's just the, the thing that you weigh. And that's why I believe that some of these teams say, we got to put a guy in. No, you don't have to put a guy in there. If you want Bryce Young, then you need not go get Teddy Bridgewater. You need to let whoever's behind your quarterback that left, go let him play. He can think whatever he wants about the season, but let him play because you're going to need that pick. On the, on the subject of like Seattle and uh, Russell Wilson with that and to spring back off of that, he just, I solely feel that. All this news that has happened in the AFC West is all because of that motherfucker getting traded to, to the Broncos. Back. I'm sorry. All this is just a ripple effect, and the AFC West is, is dangerous territory. It's, it's, Russell uh, Wilson got traded, and everybody else in that division started flipping up. Like they they, start, yeah. and, and you know what? It still might not save you. That's because how cold Russell, West, Russell Wilson is. It still mm-hmm. might not save them. That's the crazy thing about it. it might I not save them. I don't know, man. You got you, you looking at okay. Look at uh at the Chargers. They have Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, J.C. Jackson. They they just signed. You got Asante Samuel Jr. You got Derwin yeah, um, James. Yeah, um, um, it's it's and then and let's just say and let's just float with the idea that they get another defensive piece like a stout lineman's Jordan Davis. Let's just fucking throw him out there. Um, that is a formidable defense, and that's fucking scary. I think for anybody out there in the AFC West, Raiders included, with the the Devontae Adams uh, there, trade they just got, there is one coaching tree, one coaching scheme on offense 
that gives fuck not about your defensive scheme because it works every fucking year. And that's the Shanahan tree. That's the uh, Matt LaFleur's. That's the, the new coach in the, with the Broncos now. That scheme with that running back and Russell Wilson, I'm glad they're in the AFC. That shit, I'm sorry, Sterling. The Buffalo Bills got some tags coming their way. Oh, see, no, nah, I'm not worried about him, man, because I, I look, Russ is good, man. They're good, but you're going to, the thing is, though, the Bills have now solidified themselves and getting a number one seed perennially now because those AFC West teams is going to beat each other up. And outside of those AFC West teams, I, the Bills don't have to really worry about the Ravens or the Bengals. So you know, the Bills are in the weakest of one, the second weakest division. You don't in think the conference. That, you don't think the Bills got to worry about a healthy Raven? Nah, we the Bills. They look. Sean McDermott has cooked Lamar Jackson. He just does. Until Lamar is more as a passer, he's been a non-factor against the Bills. I mean, it's true. I, I can't argue with that. But y'all did just add a, a big piece of a uh, firepower to y'all defense as well in Buffalo. You want to talk about this Vaughn Miller deal? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> I was working yesterday when the news dropped. I was working, and I'm like, what? You know, so it's reported Von Miller signed a six-year, $120 million deal. Now, that's when you break it down, it's basically it's a three-year, $52 million deal. That money's going to be guaranteed. It's backloaded, but he's 33. He'll be 33 when the season starts. So I would expect him to play two to three years, to be honest. But what he's got the ripple effect that's going to have for the Bills defensive linemen, it's going to be incredible, man. The Bills, we didn't really think the Bills were going to make a big splash move. There was rumors of it, but they actually came through, man. So I'm, I'm excited about having Von Miller. He is what the Bills, if they had Von Miller and a healthy Trey White, they would have beat the Chiefs, no, no doubt. So now they got the defensive closure that they've been wanting to team up with Josh Allen. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm telling you, it's going to be fun. The Bills, look, the Super Bowl, the road to the Super Bowl is in Buffalo from the AFC side. Ooh, spicy. I like, I like that. I write that down, record it, screenshot it, whatever you got to do, because I, I like, like to tell you. Um, road and, to the Super Bowl and the AFC is going through Mr. Unlimited, because you got to oh, be God. unlimited. And I'm telling uh, you, oh, they're going to kill. The Broncos are going to kill. I hate you. I hate you, Broncos fans. You know who you are. So looking at the uh, the Bills' uh, recent moves, uh, they just released uh, Cole Beasley today. That's somebody that the Cowboys could pick up. He could return back to Dallas. We're probably not. We're more interested <laughs> in letting guys leave. That's what we're all about here in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Free agencies where you sign players, but for the Cowboys, we're going to catch you off guard. We're going to do the exact opposite of what everybody thinks. We're going to let everybody go and not sign anybody. We did get some players back on the team. You don't say that I've been on the team, but. Just the, the overall feeling of the Cowboys free agency is pretty much good. There's one thing that we all have hope for. We're hoping for Bobby Wagner. If we can get Bobby Wagner to reunite with Dan Quinn, get him on a, get him on our squad, that would do great things for Michael Parsons. But as a Cowboys fan, as someone that's paying attention, nah, uh, I'm good on that. They'd be lying in their tweets. Randy Gregory was kicking it with us. Now he not. You know what I'm saying? And it's because Steven Jones is a dick. I'm just going to be honest with you. So what happened what, there? We'll let you know. All right. So basically what happens is you have Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory comes out. Randy Gregory says, okay, I, I think I need, you know, X amount of dollars. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go try to get it from other team. Jerry Jones through management says, okay, go ahead and or tells his agent, go ahead, 
find the contract that you want. Once you find the contract that you want, bring it to me. I'm going to go ahead and sign it. We'll match it. Randy Gregory is one of mine. I drafted him. Jerry Jones really fucks the kid. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So all that gets worked out. They find the contract. They get the numbers. It gets to Jerry. Jerry's like, bet. I'm going to go ahead and have this made up. We're going to get the contract. Then he goes and does the worst thing ever in Cowboys history. And that's just to give anything to Steven Jones. Steven Jones got the contract and said, hi. Everybody thinks everything's hunky-dory. I think I'm going to save the Cowboys some money. I'm going to go ahead and write in a contract. Yo, if you get suspended for any reasons, including substance abuse, then we get your whole signing voters back. Now, normally what happens is the guy gets the contract. He just signs it. Everything's hunky-dory and nothing goes wrong because you're not supposed to do anything wrong. But this is 2022. So the agent looks in the contract. The agent sees the contract. And the agent points out to Randy Gregory. Now, this is why you can't trust him. Is because they put this in your contract. Now, if you're Randy Gregory, the one thing you don't want to see in your contract is y'all gonna take all my money if I go out and and uh, and let's just be honest. If I go out and get caught smoking trees, y'all gonna take my money. And we all know he gonna smoke some trees. Hell, why you think he went to Denver? Let's be honest, people. Why you think he went to Denver? Because hey, man, it's there for. Him. So I just think the Cowboys botched it. I, I think it's just more free agents craziness that the Cowboys have to deal with. I will say a bright spot, Michael Gallup was signed. His, his, he's coming back from his injury. That's a good thing. I still think that we'll be able to compete. We should win the NFC, least as it is <laughs> constructed. I'm glad that some of them, I'm glad that Connor Williams left. I think that the Cowboys really have to focus though and see like, how are they going to move this team forward? Who else are they going to target in free agency? Cause there's guys that are left that they can't get. But it's just, it, to me, it's just a mess. I think that the Cowboys have, the Cowboys' worst problem is the family that bought them. And there's nothing you can do about that until, until ever. It's just going to be their problem. I have to concede that fact. Like, it wasn't even Jerry this time. Jerry said he was going to sign him. His fucking son did it. So it's just in their bloodline. If you tell them to go straight, they go and turn left or they go and turn right. It's just what they do. So it's frustrating being a Cowboys fan, but. By the time August runs around, I'll be ready to talk some more shit again. Hopefully. I hope so. I pray. I, said, I hope so. Yeah, this uh, shit is sad, bro. I'm not going to lie. It's sad, bro. It's but sad. if you watch The Pivot and... Uh, this we're guy gonna, you know, was a guy with a torn ACL. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah so we're going <laughs> to... We're going to touch on this subject. Uh, AB announced his interest on The Pivot. And Jerry Jones may be uh, courting him to join... The Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys are no stranger to controversial players, receivers, you know. You see this shit? Look I'm this. just saying. Raiders get, the Raiders get Devontae Adams. Y'all might get Allen Robinson goes to the Rams. You and, might get A.B. And, and we might get A.B. And I'm going to say this, man. I mean, uh, I mean, you know what you're going to get. He's going to produce, but you also know the other uh, edge of this, the other uh, What's the, uh, the you word? You got uh, the other layer to the cake, yeah, whatever you yeah, want to put there. Whatever it, you want to put there. It's, it's, you know what you're getting. Watched, if you watch the Pivot podcast, and I suggest that to anybody to, to watch that episode on AB, to hear his point of view and how he balances that off the other guys, I think that you can see his point of view, POV, if you will. You can see it. He craves, so he's, do you really want to deal with that? And he's older now. I, I just, as a Cowboy fan, I jokingly be like, yeah, man, we be, but I don't want AB. I, I don't want Antonio Brown. I, I don't I think that. Show. 
Of I would course. Uh, of course. I would the Cowboys in a circus. We go, like Jerry said, we go make the money either way. Mm-hmm. That's all right. that matter to me. You know I think saying, it's but... over, man. It's a, it's everybody else's fault with AB. That and that's always been the case. And uh, he's got to, at some point, man. You have to stop pointing the finger at everybody else and look at yourself. You know what I'm saying? And, and he squandered a lot of some really good opportunities. He's a great wide receiver when he wants to be, but does he want to be consistently a great wide receiver? And that includes character on and off the field, and that's something that he hasn't been able to prove. And I don't think, and I don't think he is. He's an amazing talent. I'm glad he won a Super Bowl. I, I really fuck with his game, but it's just, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, it's not worth it. Now, if you have a team, now maybe behind the scenes they really want the guy, but if you have a team that really wants him, you know some of the players, like the quarterback really wants to play with him, and you think that they could get along Baltimore, then maybe you do it. But it's just not something. He's a volatile guy, and it's even if you have six guys on the team, like like all the guys on their pocket, we understand you, we understand you. You got those guys that understand you, but the people that don't understand you are gonna be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And it's not, and it's gonna turn them off and turn them away. So I just think that he's one that I wish him the best, but I do not hope he's rocking silver and blue next year. If he is, I root for him though, and I hope he's gonna put up numbers. If he's not taking his stripping on the field and getting mad he's gonna put up numbers but just nah it's a pass for me all right that's gonna do it for our show today everybody thank y'all for tuning in next time don't just uh listen to sports sushi join the grab with discord community and engage with sports sushi when it's fresh and raw live every thursday at 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern 8 p.m central it's been a pleasure that y'all tuned in to us next week we're gonna have a close friend of mine my friend tyrone bird former player for the uh, university of miami we're going to talk about his journey from top high school prospect in texas moving over to the uh, sunshine state and playing for the university of miami also we'll have my friend dave who's a uh, sports betting guy who's also going to come in and give us some sports betting tips his favorite picks of that day and leading into that weekend and also he's going to touch on the subject of what it is to be a father to a a division one athlete and how the recruitment process and things like that go and the change Uh, in the in the changing with the nfl and and also we're going to have some dope questions that we're going to ask them too and of course with this being the only podcast that lets you join in the conversation it would be excellent uh to have all you guys back with us next week so that we can Bounce all of these questions off of the ones that lived it. All right. That'll be it for the show. I'm man boogie. You can find me at social media at any social media platform, uh Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter is at DJ Slow Boogie. That's with the I and the E at the end. We're gonna have uh, a sports sushi social media uh set up. Just be on the lookout for that as well. Sterling, Russell. Oh, go ahead, Sterling, you go first. You can find me at Furrow Sterling on Twitter. That's with the F ends with the h but uh, no man this show is fun man it's engaging and we got a whole bunch of stuff stored for you guys coming up yeah of course this is me russ sports plug russ you can find me on ig under sports plug russ you can find me on twitter uh, at sports plug three russ engage at all times that's what we're here for we don't just want to talk to you we want to hear you talk to us and we want to engage back and forth thank you guys for listening and if y'all have any questions or want to chat, man, you got our Twitter handles, you got our social medias, and join the Discord, and hey, get it fresh and raw. All right.
Peace, everybody. Be safe. And see y'all next week. You already know.